and pray that you will minister to us in this space. Speak to us through your word and fire up our hearts. Amen. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're looking at Romans chapter 12. And we're looking at verses 1 to 8. It's the cool text. The Apostle Paul, he says this, um, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as one of us has, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is in, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So if you haven't been with us um, over the past month, we've been exploring this vision series, our vision here at Mutley, to be following Jesus in all of life, growing in love for God and for others. That our faith, that all we're about as Christians, is not just about Sunday church stuff or church activities, although important and vital to who we are, but about everything we do out there, our our, our nine-to-five jobs, our, our, our clubs, whatever it is, we serve God in our front lines is the language that we're using, describing all the everyday stuff, the out there Stuff And in this particular evening series, we've been looking at the values that we have here at Mutley Baptist Church. In order to grow in love for God and for, 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 God and for others, we want to adopt or to, um, con- uh, to commit as individuals to particular values, to individuals and as a church that these values would define us and they'll define our church culture. Like a stick of rock is the image we've been using. All the way through, it has the same words, right? Anyone going anywhere where you can get a stick of rock soon? No? No? <laughs> can someone get a stick of rock so we can have a personal reference for this at some point? But that all of us want to have these values and this Jesus at the center of everything that we are. That no matter where you cut us, you can see that we're exactly the same. I need to work on that image. It doesn't work when you apply stick of rock to human being. It's a bit weird. More like Dexter than a Christian image. So what I find interesting as we look at um, our final value um, this, this month of, of, of service is that this term service, I've been thinking about it, what it means to serve someone else. It's not particularly popular language, right? How would you understand service in society as a waiter or a waitress, someone who's paid in order to serve you? So when we as Christians say that actually service is a quality that we want to live out in our lives, it's kind of something that's freely given. 
it's quite countercultural and radical, isn't it? It doesn't seem to make sense in our society because we would look at service and, and, and we would see it as, well, actually, I'm not going to be subservient to someone else. I'm not going to put myself lower than someone else. That's not what I do. I have respect for myself. I don't serve others. If anything, others serve me. And yet, as Christians, we believe it's a beautiful quality that we see in the God that we worship that we should adopt and live out, that we make ourselves as lower than others in order to serve them. There's this really humbling quality to what it means um, to serve someone. I don't know about you, but you know when you meet someone who um, has, I think the Christian language we use is what, a servant heart. Someone who's a very serving person. You, you can just define the quality by, by looking at their lifestyle. It's quite hard sometimes to articulate through certain acts, but you, there's just something about that person in which they're willing to serve others. And for me, a person who has this quality and value in oodles is um, Alice's nan. And, and whenever I go around to her house, the first thing she wants to do is she wants to make you a cup of tea or cake. I say service, it's kind of forced service, because if you don't eat cake or, or drink a cup of tea, she's not best pleased. But she'll, she'll look after you and everything. She won't let you do the dishes, which is a bit frustrating at times. If you're listening, Barbara, let me do the dishes on occasion. She's called Barbara, wonderful name for a nan. Um, but there was one occasion in which um, I, I came home from work, and it had been a, I'd come and see Alice, she lives with a nan, and it's really been a really busy week and quite an emotional week. And she wanted to cheer me up. So I turn around, and I find her in a reindeer costume. <laughs> standing in the hall. I mean, this is made for a person who's like six foot, and bless her, she's not that height. It just overwhelmed her. But she just wanted to cheer me up. (laughs) She was giggling away, pretending to be a reindeer in this costume. (laughs) I love that image. Another person um, who I see this quality of service in, and he's going to kill me for saying this, and I haven't preempted him, but is, um, is Adrian Sutton. And you'll know that he does um, Gaffer's Gorge, and he, he's looking really red at the moment, so I'm not going to look at him. <laughs> but Gaffer's Gorge, and um, he does Soup Run and um, Street Passes, all these different things. But for me, the service that inspires me about Adrian is that whenever we do a members, meet, uh, members meeting or elders or something like that, he's always doing the dishes. He's always clearing up. He's always the last one to leave because he's, he's, he's sort of, must annoy you, Joy. He's always the last one to leave. He's always doing some kind of act to serve the people in which he's part of. There's something humbling about service. And we see this um, in Romans 12, verse 3. If you have your Bibles open at the passage. Because Paul goes on to talk about this image of the body of Christ that we'll get to in a little bit. But before he does, he says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of us. Rather than thinking of ourselves as lofty and therefore requiring others to serve us, in fact, we think of ourselves with sober judgment and go, do you know what? I'm going to serve you. And we enter into this, act, this humble act of service because we worship a God who humbly served us, right? Matthew 20, verse 28. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The God that we worship chose to serve us. No reason. We didn't sort everything out. We, we, we didn't act morally correctly for him to do that. We didn't pay him. We didn't sort everything out. We didn't go, do you know what, God? We want you. We accept you. In fact, we rejected God at every single chance. And yet, how did he repay us for the act of rebellion? By showing us love and mercy and grace and kindness. By sending his one and only son to die for us. He served us in everything. 
And Jesus came to this earth. And I, what I, I love about Jesus, and I read the Gospels, is that here's a man who is the very son of God, who is a king and had every right to hang out with the, the high and lofty, but he chose to serve the poor. He chose to serve the vulnerable and, and, and the marginalized. That's where he spent his time, with the rejected, with the losers of society that no one else wanted to go near. That's where Jesus found himself. And not only just amongst them, leading them, but in fact serving them and giving them everything um, he had. That mu- beautiful act where, where Jesus serves his disciples by washing their feet. What a wonderful demonstration of humble service. The Son of God washing the feet of his team. I'm not particularly keen on doing that for the elders, I can tell you that much. <laughs> or any of you as deacons. Can you, I mean, those of you who don't like feet, could you imagine washing? I mean, we've done hands before in an act of service, and that's intimate enough. But washing between the toes and the grimy bits people get when they're walking in the dust and they've been walking for hours and hours and hours. And yet the Son of God, the leader of that team, serve them by washing their feet. The God that we worship is, is a God who serves us. And because of that, he calls us um, to serve. We're called to be a serving people. And as I was exploring um, Romans chapter 12, there's almost two ways in which we're seen to be, to be serving as, as God's people. And this surprised me a little bit because I had the passage and I didn't have this bit of the text. I'd had the latter part of the text to explore. But to Clyde's great frustration, I'm quite good at changing um, the the, the passage on occasion when I come to look at the message itself. And I was struck by the first verse of Romans chapter 12, Uh, particularly in regards to service. I hadn't thought about it being relevant to the rest of, of what we're looking at. Because in the NIV, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I thought, great, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. That makes sense. So we serve God in everything that we are. But then I read the message translation, and I've got to admit, I, I do love the way the message captures certain texts. It says this, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Do you not love that? We serve God with the whole of our lives. Everything we do is an an offering um, for him. And then he says, this is your true and proper worship. Or a better translation would be, this is your reasonable and rational worship. Why? Because in response to everything God has done for us, the God who served us and gave his life for us, the only rational, the only logical, the only reasonable response to that great offer of grace and mercy is to serve him with everything that we have. It's the only thing that makes sense. If someone's given you everything, then surely the only response you want to give to this God who will continue to give to you is your life, is to give you everything in return um, in serving him. John Stott Um, who's a bit of a hero, he says this, no worship is pleasing to God, which is purely inward, abstract, and and mystical. It must express itself in concrete acts of service performed by our bodies. So it's not that um, times of quiet reflection aren't important, times of sung worship aren't important, that that's not a a proper piece of worship, but that worship is, is, is made complete when it pushes us out, when it sends us out, when it calls us out in acts of worship with our bodies, when we do stuff. We don't just sit and pray, but we get up and act as well. We don't just sing songs in the service, but we use that, that time of growing close to God um, to, to compel us 
to love others, that we act and use our bodies to serve him. And a good old Johnny boy, he puts it even better in his, in his commentary. He forms it far more eloquently than I could possibly say. I like this. He says, Then our feet will walk in his paths. Our lips will speak the truth and spread the gospel. Our tongues will bring healing. Our hands will lift up those who have fallen and perform many mundane tasks as well, like cooking and cleaning, typing and mending. Our arms will embrace the lonely and the unloved. Our ears will listen to the cries of the distressed and our eyes will look humbly and patiently towards God. We're called to serve him um, with the whole of our lives. And then we go on in the text and, and we see that we're served to, we serve him as, as part of his body because it can, can seem quite lonely out there, right? On your front line, you're serving God. You're the only Christian seemingly in a group. So you try on a regular basis not to be the weird one. You're on a walk in with your big Bible on a desk and, and, and announce everyone you're a Christian. You try to show, look, Christians can be different. We can be normal. Radical, yes, but normal in the sense we conduct ourselves. So it can seem very lonely, I find, as an act kind of living out there as a Christian. Um, but yet, we're not. Because we're all part of the body of Christ, right? We're, we're a member of, of the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet. Every single one of us has a purpose and a role to play in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. How does God do what he wants to do? He does it through us. So we're not one individual out there lonely on our front line, but in fact, we're joined um, with everyone that you see around us. Look around at the people around you right at the moment. Just look at them. Give them a big cheesy smile. Go on. Make them feel proper uncomfortable. They are all a part of the body of Christ. You're all joined together, whether you like it or not. If you don't like them, I'm sorry, you're stuck with them. It's the way it works. We're all unified um, in Jesus. Romans 12, verse 4 to 8, smacks this home. Um, That's a weird thing to say, smacks this home. Anyway, he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. In accordance with your faith, it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And I love this image. I love this image because it captures something of the purpose that we all have as Christians, but also how we're meant to be unified. The purpose in the sense there is not a person in this room who has not, by the grace of God, been given a gift. Every one of us has a role. In fact, we can't function properly as a body of Christ if you are not playing your part. You've been given a gift. Find it, discover it, use it, because we cannot do what we are called to do to be followers of Jesus in all of life, growing in love for God and for others, if you are not playing a part in that. There is something that only you have that you can contribute. How awesome is that? Sitting here this evening, maybe thinking, do you know what? I don't have purpose for us. This God doesn't love me. I've, I've not got a role in this whole church stuff and this vision stuff. Like, yes, you do. No, you have a role, but we need you. Not we want you and maybe you can help a little bit. We need you. We need what you have to contribute to the body of Christ that we can function to the best of what God is calling us to be. But then unity, because we need each other in the sense that a body needs each of its members, right? You can have the most high-functioning hand, wonderful cuticles. It looks great. It does everything it's meant to do. But that hand can't function unless it has an arm. It doesn't matter how strong or capable the hand is. It doesn't function unless it has 
and you know where I'm going with this, an arm, right? But an arm, obviously, no matter how strong or fantastic the biceps of the particular arm are, that wasn't in reference to me. It's just a hypothetical situation. <laughs> they are not on point at the moment, I'm mad. Anyway, uh, the, he needs a shoulder. The, the arm can't function its best. The hand can't function unless it has a shoulder. But then the shoulder is nothing unless it has the head. Who is the head? The head is Jesus, the brain that's guiding and willing us forward, using us as his hands and feet. We need each other. Let me give you an example. The worship team have beautifully served us tonight in bringing us closer to God. But they can only serve us because the techies are serving them in regards to sound and to visuals. But the techies can only serve in that way because of the communications team, because they serve them in putting the whole desk together, making sure the computers work and everything's in line. But they can only do what they do because the finance team serve them and give them the finance they need in order to do that. And they can only get the finance they need to do that to help the worship team to help you receive worship because you give of your money through serving God and that goes to the finance team, to the techie team and vice versa. And then we receive from the worship team as they serve us. The whole thing works in a cycle. We can't do what we do unless every one of you is doing what you do. I thought that on the spot. It's quite cool. It rhymes. (laughs) We need you. We are better together. We can only do what we're called to do as together. We serve as the body of Christ, and we all have a part to play in that. We serve of our whole lives, and we serve as part of the body. I want you maybe to take a couple of moments just to discuss this um, with the people around you. I know some of you hate this, but, but let's try and do it for the sake of the minister. It always gets us to talk to people. Questions are on the screen behind me. How are you serving um, are you serving at maybe at church here at the moment? Have you got a role? Do you feel your gift has been used? Um, and how do you humbly serve people on your front line? What does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis? It's great conceptually, but practically. Go, have a chat. Stations uh, to a close. <laughs> yeah. So in order to move beyond a monologue, let's uh, have a bit of a chat. What do you reckon? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Brilliant. (laughs) Anyone want to talk to me? Someone move the character. What do people think? leave it to that push it out just that really awkward place yeah, if you if you want to be yeah go for it answer the question what do you reckon what do you reckon in regards to the question how are you serving i, I um how, how do we humbly serve people on the front line what do you reckon This thing is a very good one. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. I must have been really clear this evening. I never knew I was, all right, brilliant. Well, we will move on. I'm not going to stand here awkwardly and make you all feel uncomfortable, although it's very, very tempting. <laughs> I live in the awkward. It's what I do, so I'm quite comfortable being awkward. If you ever see me meet someone for the first time, you will know. <laughs> the awkward space is something I do very well. All right.
Uh, so we have um, some sheets that we would like to offer you. If you may be thinking tonight, that's great, Ross, but there's so much that goes on in the church. Look at that act of service there. Can we give Tony a round of applause? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Direct action after the sermon. Um, we have a list that Rob Diamond has been spending weeks putting together of all the kind of ministries um, that are involved throughout the church, maybe things you're aware of, things that you aren't aware of, areas that you could potentially serve and use your gifts as God calls you. Um, we have them up the front here. So if that's something you're interested in and you really want to find out other ways that you can serve here at Mutley, uh, please come and collect them afterwards. Rob has spent a long time doing them and they really capture a lot of what goes on here. One of the reasons I came to Motley is that it does um, so much stuff, particularly out in the community. I was always moved by how much is going on with Gaffer's Gorge, Suit Run, Recovery, Families Ministry, the youth work reaching out. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on in the community. So come and have a look in this and see if there's anything that God may be calling you to do here um, at Motley. So let me just summarize kind of what we've done over the past very, very briefly. And then Claire's going to come up and join me. And we're really going to commission each and every one of you um, to go out. Because it's been great having Jenny and David here. It's been wonderful to have some missionaries out there experiencing all of this stuff on their front line in, in, in China. But they would say, as much as we would say, that it's about all of us, every one of us, called as missionaries to go out there and to live this out. So we want to commission you to go out as missionaries on your front line um, over the coming weeks so what have we done over the past month? We have looked at our vision of following Jesus and all of life, growing in love for God and for others, realizing that we want practical ways in which we can grow in love for God and for others. And we do that by adopting, by committing to five values as a church that will define our culture and define us as individuals, worship, authenticity, humility, compassion, and service. And as we begin to live this out, we want to see that city, the city that we love, changed and transformed and won for Jesus, his kingdom growing and lives taken over and enveloped by him. Amen? Amazing. Should we go and stand? Why not? Why don't you stand? Before Clive um, leads in some words um, for this particular commissioning, let me just draw your attention to these uh, cards that we have. Owen, if you see Owen Jones or know Owen Jones, please pat him on the back and thank him um, for all he's done. He's put the resources together for this vision series, and they're fantastic. And this particular document is one that you can chuck in your Bible, you can put on your screen at work, take it with you in your diary, wherever it may be. Uh, It's just something that has the the vision, the strategy, and the values clearly explained um, with all the pictures we've had on throughout this that we don't want you just to end the series here and you forget about all we said. This is something that's years and years and years of a process. Take them away, read them, think about them, pray about them, and come back to us. If there's other stories you've got or ways that we can do this better, come and talk to us. But these are for you to take away. Okay, so grab one of these afterwards if you want one. I want to make this as simple as I can. So I'm going to read from this card. But I'm going to ask uh, Jenny and David to come back. And Jenny is going to speak a blessing over us all in Chinese. Okay? So if you guys will come back and join us. Don't forget the ways to serve after that passionate, clear message from Ross tonight. That little booklet will help you. But I'm just going to ask some questions. And if you feel you can and you want to and you're comfortable having stood, if you agree and you want to receive this commissioning, just simply say, we will. We will, as I ask a series of simple questions. We did this at both morning services as well last week. So the vision statement is following Jesus in all of life, growing in love for God and others. Will you follow Jesus in all of life, 
and seek to grow in love for God and others. Wonderful. Will you do, as the Holy Spirit helps you, your best to seek new followers of Jesus, to support followers of Jesus, and to recognize that you're sent as followers of Jesus? Wonderful. Will you seek in your life, as the Holy Spirit helps you, to be people who recognize that you're called to be those who worship, who live in humility, who show compassion, who are authentic and desire to serve God and others. Wonderful. Jenny. Amen. Amen. Now that Chinese blessing has been, simple prayer of blessing has been spoken at all three services. I know you'd love to know what it means, wouldn't you? So you've got to come tomorrow night, or you can simply catch David and Jenny afterwards and they'll tell you. Back to you, Ross. Back to you guys, I think, for worship. That'd be great. I'm convinced Jenny's saying, who are these guys next to me? They're proper weird. (laughs) 